Hi, I'm Miles, and you're listening to the Natural Ones Podcast. And welcome, everybody, to the Natural Ones. Thank you for joining us this evening for our story of, of uh, and sometimes merriment and sometimes destruction. I feel like that's a pretty accurate depiction of what you guys do whenever you guys go anywhere. It's like equal parts mirth, equal parts dearth. And, dearth. and equal and, parts girth. And double, yeah, right. double parts girth. So yeah. 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 Our heroes on this show <laughs> um, have recently have recently returned from uh, they've They've had a sort of run-in. I mean, yeah, I, I don't want to spend my the third episode talking about the Tower of Blight, but basically, that's that's where you guys still are. You guys are kind of that was our from that. But you have made moves forward at this point. Uh, Set Lolly herself, as well as Panther, have had a nightmarish dream that have that has sort of relinked them to their devilish sort of uh uh, uh almost yeah yeah i almost said i i almost said uh overlord and i was like that's not really right is it that's fine. uh yeah, but their devil the, the devilish foe is it, towards the south end of Rotania, towards the coast interestingly also a <laughs> he's so cute it's just, okay, it is on purpose. At first, I was wondering if, like, yeah, I was just like just, spying his shoes. He's just like trying to do something. And it's just no, it's purposeful. Um, all that they find is that a couple of their goals, uh, chiefly among them, Philip's uh, replacement arm, is going to require them. Or not the arm. Sorry, you were making the weapon is going to require you to go to the south south end of Tritania to mine a specific type of steel. All of these things start to converge towards the southern end of Dortenia. So they have opted to move their magical mansion from the Maledict Wastes to the southern end of Dortenia, a trip that will take around eight days just to get into the area. And during that time, they have a few other leftover last-minute details to really kind of hone in on while they're sort of prepping for their big mm. encounter. First, uh, who would like to go first? I'll, I'll, I'll give that option. Does anybody like to, to lead us out? Who's one? <laughs> I, uh, I didn't You're assign. one. Okay, I didn't assign anything you before I rolled the d4. You just rolled a die. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, there's four of us. This will work great. You, you, so close. This close. <laughs> to an actual idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't yeah. know why I keep rolling a d4. Every time I do, it goes we'll, bad. Uh, we'll open up with you. Okay. Um, so, while you have arguably the almost the entire length of the trip that it's going to take you to actually get to your next location is about how long you're going to have to wait before the... Um, the metal uh, arm that Liam is going to be building for you is going to be ready. So a lot of your time is probably spent considering that, um, you know, what if it doesn't work, that kind of stuff. But you have decided also getting this job from the Hellpike family, the, the um, 
to obtain the Infernal Steel, you've decided that you wanted to go to the Sleeverworm uh, uh, archives, the Sleeverworm archives, to see what other research you might be able to, well, not research, but what other history you might be able to learn of past heists, past heists into the Nine Hells, a very um, Reikian ritual. We open there as you step up to the halls, uh, much different than the the uh, um, the house, the original sort of like outpost that you met down in southern, uh, you know, mid Grania. Uh, and uh, you, it's not extravagant, right? There are many other Reikian homes or like main clan houses or headquarters that have these opulent sort of architecture or, or um, uh, flair to it. This seems much more rudimentary as well as it's still larger than some of the other ones. Um, but it's And it's also more vertical. Uh, it has, as you step inside... There are no wall separations at all. The length, the, sorry, the height of the building, as you step in, you can see all the way to the top. It's this grand sort of 120-foot, 130-foot structure of walls lined with scrolls, books, parchments. This is a massive library of a headquarters. This thing, you see desks and things strewn about. Each floor uh, is a walkway about 10 or 15 feet wide. But other than that, it's just an entirely empty uh, uh, center, right? So, like, all of these things are lined up here. Um, the main floor itself stretches for about 250 feet in diameter. This thing is enormous in, in its scope. Uh, and you see dozens and dozens of people, uh, uh, dwarves, gnomes, uh, genasi, some some humans, kind of scattered about, uh, all kind of looking through various tomes or, again, parchment scrolls. Everybody's looking at stuff. Uh, there is a main central um, information desk, you would call it, right? Like, there is, like, a, a, a central place where there's about ten people... There's ten gnomes uh, working inside the circle. They're all kind of like doing a couple of different things, making notes, and and, uh, and sort of like somebody comes up and hands them a book, and they take the book and they set it. They like as they set it behind them into this uh, almost looks like a waste bin. As they like chuck it behind them, you just see a small little like a just tiny little golden flash. And then, once or twice, you catch on the shelves, you just see a little, almost correlating time, like, almost as if, as soon as it hits, it just appears at some other place. This kind of automation's gonna put uh, librarians out of the job. (laughs) The Dang oldest, magic taking the our jobs. gnome ever. <laughs> it's gonna put it's it down. 
It's Tarvish. It's Tarvish's, Tarvish's brother, Larvish. His cousin. I used to be a librarian until the magics <laughs> took my job. To the magics. <laughs> I remember when we wrote on rocks. The magics is magics is spelled with a K as well. It's yep. it's, it's M-I-G, M-I-G-I-C-K-S. It's yeah, weird. the the high magics. <laughs> if you know what I mean. When you're <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, Blarvish and Tarvish, you know they... <laughs> Ooh, they imbibe in that. The, Wake the and long bake bottom and bake. leaf. Yeah. No. Neville Longbottom? The, the, the Neville Longbottom no. leaf? The Neville yes. Longbottom leaf? <laughs> <laughs> um, Alright, well, I'm gonna walk up to the, uh, to the gate. Or not the gate, the... <laughs> the central. The central kiosk where all the nodes are. I'm not even gonna bother like, trying to figure out how that machine works. I'm just gonna or that magic works. I'm just gonna assume, cool, they figured out a way to put those books on the shelves without putting the books on the shelves. Stepping up to the I like the idea that the books make him so nervous that he's narrating he's saying this to himself as he does it for comfort. I'm just gonna right. I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna walk Alright, uh, right, Philip, don't look to the sides, just look straight ahead, keep walking. Like, like the books are all just gonna jump out at him like you can't read us it's like it's like his version of a fear of heights <laughs> the paper the paper can't cut you if you just keep walking forward a new use of tunnel vision yeah <laughs> so um, uh you're greeted uh nicely but um they seem to be kind of they, they seem to be working and 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 just kind of waiting for uh, a response or, or, or a need. You're getting the idea that they don't have a lot of niceties here, but it's not out of rudeness. It's just out of efficiency. Um, I was wondering if you could help direct me to uh, any records of the heist specifically that involve uh, the person on the heist fighting a devil. Um, unfortunately, when I was on the heist, we didn't end up fighting much. He already hands you a card. Perfect. And it's sort of, it's like, uh, it, it, it lists floor 10, subsection C, row 33. Okay. I can get to 10. That's just one 10 times. Thank you. All right. <laughs> no, that, no that, that was to me, not to them. It's, oh, no, I, like a, I, I was imagining that you were just still standing there, like, yeah, reading like, the card to yourself. He's right. like, please. Okay. Right. <laughs> one right. ten times. I just got to count one ten times, and then they'll get me to ten. <laughs> On three sections of the tower. Yeah. Uh, so there's the main entrance that you came in. Yeah. On the on the other like triangle ends of this of this big building, there are elevators that go all the way to the top. Mm. These giant pulleys. All right. I'm gonna get on an elevator. It's different than like the one ones you've experienced, uh, like in in uh, Sestead. It, it it's it's because like in Sestead it was magical in nature. It was something that uh, utilized stonework and uh, uh, like lodestone work and that kind of stuff to help elevate. This is entirely mechanical. So I gotta like pull the. Mm-hmm. You actually, like, have to, like... It's like a single-person usage elevator, so, like, as you're... Like, you're um, pulling yourself up. That's gonna be a problem. 
Yeah. I'm gonna have to... Does it... Hmm. It doesn't... It's not like you have to hold on to it for it to stay. Okay. It's kind of like a... It's, it's more of like you have a operation lever that says up or down. Okay, so like if I let go, I'm not going to suddenly drop. Right, it has a okay. it has a locking mechanism that right. like a monkey wrench. Mm-hmm. It, it, okay. Or yeah, kind okay. of one way one way winch style. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, but over time, you're able to get up to the tenth floor, making your way. It's it's easy. The the subsections are also labeled. It's as you get to row thirty three, you kind of see this. Uh, the entire row is a listing of these uh, of these sort of like encyclopedia type books where it's a very simple binding and uh, in a black uh, like label right there on the on the thing it says the heist through the ages volume one and it ends with like volume 32 uh um well, I guess actually it's the... Um, it didn't tell you any specific book. It just said this row. Is there anybody in the, in, with an apron and a name tag? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, there's somebody around. There's there's um, someone it, it, close enough that you, you're able to get them. Um, hi, uh... So there's 32 volumes of these. Do you know? I'm assuming Hellpike is in the first one. Um, She's like, yes, yes, yes. The Hellpikes were, I mean, the originators of the entirety of the of the. Um, the her her journey makes up nearly a third of that first volume. Oh. Um. May, in inside that you would also find the the original rules of the heist and. The, the sort of the the the, um, the politics around it and why it became such a a uh, fast desire from people to do how um how how long does it usually take somebody to read through these um well they're so this is not like a story necessarily it's more of a, a, a historical uh uh, text, so it, it's definitely thorough, but um, it's not going to be entertaining beyond the information. If that's so, I guess uh, if you're looking for a story, story, it, it's probably not that. It's, it, it might take a little bit longer. It's, um, but you know, some of our scribes can finish the 32 volumes within two days, three days, if if it if if they have to take a little bit more breaks. So just the Hellpike part will... Or is that just the Hellpike part, or is that all 32? uh, All 32. Okay, so just the Hellpike part. So, like, even looking at the... Like, they're they're longer bindings, and they're not that thick. It's just that, like, it seems to correlate between uh, Hmm. time periods. The volumes again, like in that encyclopedic way, where it's like from you know uh, uh, years four hundred and thirty-two to four hundred and seventy-six. You know, it's like it's <clears throat> it's accounting the attempts and and the stories therein. Okay. 
So it's 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 a lot of attempt. Like it's a, it's a long time since they've been doing this, but it, it it's not even taking like even if you just like as you take out one and kind of look at it, it's more like a bullet point list of things that happened rather than again like a weaving of a tale or something like that. It's, it's a bunch like of an, information. It's more like an almanac than a. Yeah. Okay. Um, thank you. You've been very helpful. Well, if you ever need anything else, we're around. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, all right. I'm going to scan the... Uh, primary goal is to look for any uh, sections that are labeled as the actual fight, or um, even the preparation for the fight, I think. Uh, anyth anything regarding Eliana's uh, preparations and then the actual combat itself, I think, are going to be my priorities. So, if you're gonna if you're gonna try to stick towards the first volume specifically, the, whichever parts actually detail the heist itself. Okay, yeah, no, I, yeah. I just meant like you, you're you're looking for her. You're, you're looking for Halloween. I want to scan through them starting at the beginning to cool. look for anything she did for preparation. Cool. And then anything pertaining yeah. to the actual combat. Uh, go ahead and give me an investigation check just to see. Oh, boy. And then, if I have time afterwards, you would look uh, through. I'm curious about the political part about how it end up, ended up becoming like a, a, a staple of hmm. Reykjavik. 17. Way to go, my Those friend. Rolled an 18. I'd say it's just that it, it's one of those things that you're deeply invested in, so it's just it, it, it absorbs in a very different way for you. You're, you're, you're actively reading. What you find from her account and from the retelling from the Sleeve of Worm is that her journey into the Hells was... She, she spoke of how it came seemingly out of nowhere. Uh, Helena was a was a miner. Uh, she she and her brother, yeah. Like, like, yes. like mining, not, not like a yeah. child. It's just Chelsea's um, <laughs> <laughs> It's a wee miner. So uh, so good. Um, so she, she and her brother, and uh, uh, and, and by extension her family, um, were were some of the premier miners of their time. They had kind of been cultivating new techniques and and uh, pushing forward much uh, more quickly and and uh, more feverishly than others. And so, because of that, they were able to, um, they were able to cultivate better materials. Um, some of their work was just better in that way. On such a one occasion, she actually fell down a shaft and uh, was lost for uh, her. Like by her account, she said, "I was wandering through the uh, the caverns for about two weeks." Uh, it was a thing that she she fell in a way that took her deep, deep underground and also made her lose her way. 
she couldn't figure out which way was up and which way was down, basically. She came upon the gate. And the gate seemingly coming from nowhere. At a time where she needed it the most. And being innately curious is, again, like, this, this is, again, it's it's not, like, a story, but it is, like, her account of it. It's, like, her telling somebody else her story. She said, you know, being innately curious, I decided to step in. And it took her to the ninth layer of hell. She, she immediately became beset on by various powerful devils, uh, was enslaved to do their work for months was uh, sort of trained in their battle tactics in a way because while she was captured she was constantly looking for a way to get out and what she found was that the gate they couldn't for whatever reason the devils couldn't see it like, they couldn't find it. And she knew where it was, but she could never get away from her captors long enough. Um, and so she developed tactics, and she developed things that were uh, uh, sort of like, okay, this is how the devils think, this is how they work, this is how they fight. Uh, a lot of their... Um, and she also could tell a lot of their resistances and their, the conditioning that they have is, you know, they are just beings of energy... And so they're able to resist more things that aren't magical. They, they also seem to shrug off anything like they were fire resistant. They were, you know, magically resistant on top of that. Like it's, you know, there, there, there were times where she saw other people like herself get thrust into this layer of hell. Um, but found out, you know, very quickly that some of these people were under contracts and the like. So there came a time where she was, part of her work was, because she was a, a minor, what they would do was that they would keep her working. They basically, she would do the same work that she did up above, but she would do it under much harsher conditions. And they were trying to re refine a metal that they could then, uh, by the end of her story, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm trying to skip ahead a little bit. By the, by the time she broke out, what she had found out was that the steel that they were perfecting, this like alloy, this thing that they were perfecting, they were going to be able to make it appear on the material plane. And they called it infernal steel. It was going to be a thing that would sort of like parasitically feed into the material plane so that way they could start making this like indestructible metal that helped bind a devil to the material plane it essentially allowed them an extra gateway right so if they could if they could make the ore or the steel appear within the material plane that is now a anchor point for for devils. It's saying we can spawn here if we put in the work. So it was basically reserved for higher level demons, higher level um, sort of like power, and uh, it was to be used sparingly because 
by the by the very nature of using that to bring a devil to the material plane, it wastes the infernal steel. Basically, it becomes the devil, right? Like the the, the devil uses the steel to make a body on the material plane. So what she did, having learned from her brother and sort of like other people in her family, what they were also trying to do is to see when you make a devil on the material plane, if we put another chunk of that ore, if we can get another, like that's what the devil's plans were, it's like if we can get another chunk out there, we can make a weapon. A weapon strong enough to fight against celestials, as well as our own kind, like against demons as well. So she made her hell pike. Oh, sorry, she didn't make... She, she helped make a, a, a weapon out of the Infernal Steel. Was able to steal the weapon, kill her captor, the, the person who basically held her contract. Um, but because she, she, because she wasn't a soul that, like, gave it up to be a part of the hell, she was able to leave. She was one of the only. She was the only one who could leave because she she wasn't. She was coveted for that, and so she was used more like a pet, right? It was like, a, oh, I have someone who, who we're going to turn, and she's she's going to give up her soul eventually. Just watch. Um, she was able to take the pike, kill her captor, and make a break for the uh, for the gate, and was able to escape. What she what she the la the last part, and this is part of your other question about, like, tactics or whatever, is that it's like, with the Infernal Steel, if used to kill a Celestial, a Fae, a Fiend, an extraplanar creature, even Elementals, right? The, the powerful part of this Infernal Steel is that they no longer have to be killed on their home plane. If you destroyed... If you destroy them with the Infernal Steel, they are destroyed completely. Part of the reason... The last thing... like Part of the, some of the last stuff she heard from the, the sort of like congregation of the captors and everything was that this was a thing that would benefit them. The politics around this was that when she came back, she said, we need to dig a tunnel to this because we need to be on the lookout for this. We need to, we need, it was a, it was a rally to action. She came back after months in this prison. And when she came back to Ulamkar, it had been like two days. I mean, she was gone for two weeks and then two days, right? Like, it's like, it's like she, hadn't, she, hadn't, she hadn't missed as much time as she thought. And she was basically creating an idea around Ulankar with this weapon. This, this, this weapon became a material that no one understood. And it became sort of the basis of why uh, houses and clans have... This is the object that, like, this is our proprietary thing. This is our thing that basically tells other people how much we're worth. Because that was what the standard was. Like, she had something that was unattainable. unobtainable. 
it was covetous. And so it put her into a position of power among her own clan, as well as all the information she had against these devils and these things that were trying to move in into the material plane. So they built a thing that would help them. The original idea of the heist was to take the weapons or the the materials from these extraplanar beings that are using it to control the material plane away from them. Essentially, take the weapons and use them against them. And that's what you learn from that section. Well, um, that takes <clears throat> you about four hours. Um, excuse me, can I ask one more question? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Have the Rulicon ever done the heist? Um, well, yes. Many of the, the large major houses have, have indeed done the heists. Um, how, how many times have the Rulicon done it? Uh, not, not the most... Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not the most versed in this, but um, I understand it. They've attempted several times. Um, most houses by this point are... Most major houses are within their 15th attempt, but you know, the Rulicon have maybe succeeded about five times, which is on the upper echelon of success. These these trips don't always come back with everything. Well, when was the most recent one? Well, what volume do you think would be best to start looking oh, at? Uh... No, that's 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 mostly public record. I remember being a. I, I was fairly young when it happened, but I do remember it. I recall uh, one of the last times the Rubicon. Um, about a century ago, maybe a century and a half, somewhere around there. Uh, thank you. I'm going to. Uh, do you know the name of the? person who went on it last. Well, the, yes, uh, Philip Fratterfolder um, has uh, attempted it currently. And huh. um, I, 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 I apologize. I meant of the uh, Rulicon, most recent Rulicon. Oh, sorry. That would have been it. Um, the, the name on that is Fitz. Thank you. I would... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll look Fitz for that. Fitz Rulicon. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if it, it makes oh, sense. Oh, I, I, I more or less assumed Thank you. I'm going to look for for that record now. Um, yeah, I'm going to look for uh, whatever I can find about Fitz Rulicon in the heist records. Sure. Uh, it's going to take you the better. It's going to take you the rest of the day, even like searching through this stuff, because it's very simple. It's about a three paragraph thing. It says Fitz Rulicon left with the favor of his own family and no one else came back with enough treasure and enough um, items to put the Rulicon into the four pillars and the third thing that's listed is that Fitz was then not seen again for a while Fitz left Reikia and is still in contact, I suppose. They say, like, is still in contact with the Rulicons 
but has not returned to Rekia since. Alright. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, if that's if that's the rest of my day, <laughs> there's more stuff I want to look up now. But if that's the rest of my day, I'd say that's the rest of your day. Yeah. This is this is tough for you, yeah, specifically to like to to try. But like, it's it's also just like trying to find that specific thing was harder than than the Hailwind historian. It was a long story. It was a long account because there was a lot of things to go through. But like. This other one was was you had to search for. It. Um, okay, so next up, as you sort of round out your evening and come back to the mansion, sort of like to process your thoughts, we switch over to uh, Liam. As you went to sleep the night before, and you have kind of had a, a, a nice, easy rest every now and then. <laughs> I mean these these days are these days are sort of passing by. You find yourself in a peculiar situation and one that has happened previously. You sort of have this dream of touching material of of like a, a glowing heartbeat almost sort of pulsing energy and as you sort of wake up, you find yourself in the shop, in your forge, with another one of the sort of little holders in your hand. Sort of, you've spent the evening forging again. Yay! And interestingly, as the dawn comes, mm. as you're holding it, it phases through your hands. <laughs> and Sitlali, as you wake up to the morning light, you are again in a human uh. form. Nameless, nameless. <laughs> uh, mainly just to, to, to just to tell you, yeah, you can dispel. You guys have days of travel, so I'm not necessarily needing you to count your spells right now, just because I I don't expect any any problems. But you're able to dispel it again. Uh, I'll say. What what level did I have? I had did last time at fourth level. You did it at fifth. Last time. And sixth. Are we sure I didn't do it sixth and fifth? You did. Maybe it was sixth yes. and fifth? Sorry. I just, yeah. I, I'm okay, not, I'm... I just want to make sure so that like if I needed a spell for any reason today, like I know which ones I used. Because I have it sixth no and problem. fifth. Yeah. Cool. Alright. You're welcome. Thank you. But the, the magic is dispelled. At this moment, that's twice that this has happened to you. That's two days in a row. Just ruminate on it. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you, uh, through all of that, 
You know that part of your mission is to journey through the Underdark. And you have sort of figured... There's one person you know who has lived it. Who has gone through it. Good friend, Nareth. And you've uh, made it to their shop towards the uh, late evening of... Uh, in Sestet, at least. Bottle of wine in your hand. <laughs> and uh, uh, as you... As you open the door, you see him. He's he's currently working on something, but he kind of just it seems it, it seems uh, uh, not particularly aggressively. Doesn't seem to be taking up a lot of his focus at the moment. So, ah, Liam, hello, hello. How are you doing today? Uh, well, I am fine. This is. Uh, uh, one of those uh, rudimentary days, I guess you would say. It's a sort of a, a wash. <laughs> but uh, learning is always fun. And, uh... Yeah, I've been... Uh... I actually uh, was thinking about asking you about something. Uh, it won't surprise you at all to learn that... Um, me and the, the group are, are likely about to do something relatively stupid and very dangerous, potentially soon. <laughs> well, you are adventurers, yes? I mean, yeah. it comes with the territory. There is something that we are going to be doing shortly that I thought you might know a bit about. But I also know it's not something we've really talked about, and that could be intentional on your part. So, if it's not something you're comfortable talking about, let me know. Uh, we have been sent out, uh, well, along with getting Philip a new arm, which you're aware of, we are hoping to get him a new weapon as well. And um, we've been sent to get Infernal Steel from the Underdark. There is a slight stiffening, but it doesn't seem cold. It's just sort of... Okay. And this is desperately important to you? A bit, yes. We... We are... Two members of our group are currently being hunted by a devil, and the best way to help deal with that <laughs> would be with a uh, infernal steel. Or we want we want to make sure we're well prepared. I don't know the infernal steel thing yet. We want to be well prepared, and the weapon, not fill up. We went to the Hellpikes and asked what they would like to make. Uh, was Philip's idea. They sent us out for Infernal Steel and none of us have uh, any experience with the Underdark. And so... Make me persuasion check. 
with advantage. Because of the wine. <laughs> brought a gift, so. Hey! Uh, 18. He sort of reaches for the bottle, takes it, uncorks it, and um, takes one of those, like, goldfish bowl glasses and just kind of pours about half of the bottle into it and then sets it next to you. It's been, it's been a long time since I've been there. It, it could be a very different world. Especially the way we left. The Underdark is uh, expensive if you feel that the upper world is large. Wait till you see the Underdark. The maze of tunnels could allow you to journey from Farah to Sestet. If you find the right ones. And if you find the wrong ones. My people are not the dangers of the Underdark. My people survived and fought for what they had. Yes. And that is why they are slow to trust. Because none was ever given to them. So if you're going down there, the best advice I can give you is make sure you at least have a pocket of a place that you would like to go to that either for sure or most likely has some sort of city well, um, some sort of life, civilized life, because you will not find much of it down there. Also, bring coat, it's cold, you can get coat down there. Thank you. I mean, what else? What else would you? How <sighs> how are you even planning to? It's it's. We, uh, there are not many pockets that uh, that that move through into the underdark. It's it's, it's hidden in safe for reasons. We've heard of a. Uh, some kind of operation 
in regards to mining, I believe led by the Rulicon clan. Uh, uh, some of the, and which who we don't necessarily get along with, but we are we're planning to tr see if we could use that connection or that at least find out how they're operating or attempting to get the infernal steel and either offering aid to them in hopes of uh, being able to get some of the steel for ourselves or we haven't you know plans not our strong suit uh, but that's the info we have so far where is this where is this mine uh, South Jortania. Yes. There's a... There's a... There's something down there. Yes. There should be... I believe you'll be talking about the city of... City of Drummer. And I can... Type that to you. Um, Thanks. <laughs> city of Drummer. It's a... It was a Dwyagar stronghold, um, but uh, much, much of the Underdark again. By the time my brother and I left, was changing vastly. Uh, before that, uh, there was much more segregation of culture, where everyone had their own pockets. By Around a decade or two before we left, there was a decision to band together, and uh, so there were larger sort of hmm, cityscapes allowed for, and that does sound like one of them. So I would expect Drow, Vilbaum, and uh, Duyagar to be. meaning in that way. Right. Alright. Just it's it's again it's the creatures it's it's the, the denizens of the deep that you must watch out for. And I'm not saying do not watch out for my for for the people of the end of the dark. They are much like the people up here. They are some are cunning, some are kind. My brother being such an example. You know, it is it's it's part of how we escaped, it's part of how we <laughs> broke our chains and, and ascended. By the, he sort of looks to the sword on the wall and says, by the grace of fame. It just depends on what you want to do and how you would... Not because I don't trust, but because of what you speak of. I wouldn't tell anyone down there what you are really looking for. I would bury that secret 
from people here, even. They wouldn't let anyone know. That's alright. I have read about what you talk about, but I have never seen it, experienced it. That is a covetous metal, and I would be very, very careful. Uh, according to the the uh, Hellpike Smith we are talking to, uh, it's also very hard to work with. He said we that we would need to be using uh, these to do it. So should be uh, interesting. Have you ever? Uh, how much experience do you have with the mirror stones? I know you you. You you have a, a past of, of doing more um, exploratory style experiment stuff back in the day with um, Yvonne and them. Did you ever do any direct dealings with the Mirror Stone? I have an unrelated thing that's kind of happening that I'm a little worried about. Uh, no, no dealings, no. Um, I knew that it was... Uh, Yvonne and Moral's goals is to in some way <laughs> uh, they would be able to tell you more I'm sure if they felt so inclined and I would not want to speak someone else's story but it's right. the chief reason that I even met Yvonne in the first place was some time after I broke free wandering Lost in Alolia, just attempting to find something. She saw the work I was doing and decided I would be helpful to her mission. And she was correct. We learned a lot. She was able to triangulate positions of higher concentrations of lodestones, but I never experienced the actual I never experienced it fully I never realized what we were doing until until her accident and uh, upon learning that and the nature of the power that she was looking for I decided to quit and come here I have lived with power power over me and that's all it seemed like to me so to answer your question well the first part of your question I'd much like to help you but I have no interest in the nearest ones they seem to hold only chaotic drive to me that's my experience as well yeah what do you mean? Oh, just a lot of... It is a bit... Uh, it can be a bit like a single-minded child talking to one. They have a... Or, yeah, some... Uh, hyperfixating in youth, basically. They'll have a goal or a job or a perceived purpose, and that's all they seem to really focus on uh, in a way that is... That lacks depth of personality at times. Um... But it's very scary in 
in the hands of something as powerful as Mirrorstone. So, ah, yeah. So you're you're smarter than me. We knew that already, but just confirming you're you're smarter than me to not be uh, dealing with them regularly. He he kind of like puts his hand on your hand and he just says, "Not smarter." more wounded well give me time you're catching up <laughs> I need one of those glasses too okay. I just grab the bottle oh, oh, he's like, start drinking out he, of the he bottle he like starts to reach oh. back and he's like uh, no please continue I'm, uh, <laughs> it's fine he <laughs> says But I, I, I wouldn't know how to speak on it. Uh, you, you helped anyway, actually. I, I obviously, Yvonne is uh, around and hasn't. I haven't directly asked, but, you know, Yvonne is. Um. Oftentimes, uh, withholding is the wrong word, but like withholding. Um, but it hadn't even crossed my mind that Moral might have had some experience like this, or similar, or have knowledge, and I wouldn't have thought to um, potentially reach out and ask. Uh, they, uh, Which I probably won't do myself, but I know someone they, <laughs> who I might ask to uh, chat. It's part of the... Moral has a oath, a thing, a promise to the world, to the to themselves, to their teacher, to a lot of things that that they must uphold and keep. And in that I am in that I am very I admire it. The dedication to a cause or to a person or a deal. I find myself in a weaker state. I don't want an idea. I don't want a cause. I was enslaved to a cause. To an idea. I would much rather just live in the world. I would much rather help and take care of it as I can. What's the Lorethian equivalent of mood? <laughs> mood. <laughs> but with like mood. a uh, umlaut you. Yeah. <laughs> mood. Yeah, mood. <laughs> mood. There's probably a Y in there, too, just, like, un inexplicably. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's all the uh, pertinent conversation I have, so we can... Cool. The conversation kind of continues to flow, and it's... From there, I think it's it's you guys kind of toying with the the creation he's, he's messing with. He's trying to find a way to... Um, 
he's trying to find a way to purify water simply through the act of uh, um, like, boiling it. Basically, like, but bo- boiling it with with a with a small stone, like a concentrated boil that doesn't lose material. It's not working out really well. He doesn't think it's going to work, but he's he, he's. It's more of like this is a day to mess around, and I just wanted to see if it's possible to to not lose more water when you're purifying it. And he's, like, yeah, I don't know if it's going to work. So it would basically be you two kind of working that out and seeing if there's a any sort of solution. Um, next up. We go to uh, Nameless. No. Oh no! I can I can go. To, okay, we can go to Set Lolly. Uh, so Set Lolly. I'm just reviewing something really quick. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Set Lolly. We'll, we'll go to you, <laughs> unless you're reviewing something as well. No. <laughs> okay. No, nope, let's do this. <laughs> to the little go. boys around. Get. Um. So. After your morning of waking up as a as a human and, and sort of like coming back to yourself, um, you have you have a morning with the kids, right? This is this is a sort of a time for you to dote on them, and and you do have days, and that's kind of what you've planned for your week. You're like, you know what? I need to your your first thought is I just need to spend some time with them. We've been gone so often. And so this is your moments, right? These are the moments that you can take to actually yeah. uh, spend teach with them. Teach them how them. to fight. Teach them how to fight. Teach them literacy and, and teaching them. Uh, I mean, you know, people, you know, one of them, like, like, uh, 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 oh my God, uh, um, Webster. Webster is, you know, a learned reader, but the other ones are, you know, Zeus is like having a little bit of trouble. So it's about teaching him ways to calm himself while he's getting frustrated trying to read something out and it's that nature of sort of home life and a thing that arguably they would have experienced in a different way or would have experienced in in sort of a a more controlled environment and there's this feeling by the end of some of these days that you're spending with them that you're realizing that they are wholly their own individual thing. Whatever experience they would have had living with the kobolds is... You can't tell if it would have been different or if it would have been just more pronounced. Um, This leads to this inner sort of feeling what is going to happen if I'm gone? And there's a couple of solutions in your head. There's the idea, well, there's, there's, there is a section in town of Sestet that 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 does have kobolds, and you know they could they could be reintroduced there. You're you're finding out that they're growing fast. They probably by by the end of summer, they'll probably be pretty close to adulthood. Or, at least in the sense of, like... They grow up so fast. They do. These, they, they, seem to, they seem to have a really short childhood. 
And so, you know, it's not that your time is running out, but the time is flying, and it kind of leads you to Moral's shop. Was this... I'm sorry. I I meant that you wanted to go to... It leads you to Moral's shop. There's sort of a, a burning question for you as you talk to the front desk, and she leads you up, and Moral sits there, and, um... They're in they, they they are in this kind of tight fitting uh, lapel uh, three button suit, and they got like this like big flared out uh, pants and just it, it's this uh, the lapels then like spike out and there it's this beautiful sort of peacock design of uh, uh, what are they called the. Um, the floor to loop, like the floor, uh, the the floor to lee. Yes, the floor to lee, like like this kind of like peacock design, floor to lees all over the the suit. Um, so it's these greens, blues, these very striking, and their hair is is matching the the actual outfit itself. It's got these sort of like magenta roots that ombre into this this like seafoam green and, and blues towards the tips as you walk in the door. You see. Oh, well, said Lolly, how is it going today? I really didn't think I would see you today. Or any day, I suppose. But I, I'm sorry. I'm just in a wonderful mood. Why don't you sit down with me? We'll share lunch. Yeah, um... So, we ended up in the Tower of Blight. Oh, wow. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, And we found this one room. Uh, I'm sorry to just not ask how you're doing, but this is kind of Well, it seems like you have something important to tell me, so why don't we just skip it and skip niceties and everything? Um, So one of the rooms had this deck of cards. Um, and one of the cards that... play with this deck of cards? We did. We had to in order to leave the room. And one of the cards that I picked... Um, I have a devil. That's trying to kill me. And you must kill them or be killed. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. And as much as I would like to think... That we can kill them. I do have children at home that I need to worry about. Um, and other than the three of them, you are my closest friend. Um, and I was wondering if it doesn't if it doesn't work out, they they sort of they sort of just reach out and, my dear Sethali, the favor you ask of is so infinitely easy. I'm very wealthy. That's not why I asked. No, I'm saying I'm very wealthy. That would be so easy. 
taking care of seven... You said they were kobolds? They are, but they're almost adults, Odo. Oh. <laughs> It'll be like nothing. I... You've talked of them before. You've... One of our lunches, I believe, you mentioned them. And they just... It's entirely fascinating to me that I would be even remotely close to a choice. And you know, I've always wanted to be a parent. But I never wanted the baby part. That seems disgusting. So honestly, this works out for me. So please go ahead and die, because I would love to take care of your children. Yeah, I'll see what I can do. And if you don't, then fine, I guess. We can continue to be friends. I'll bring them around. Maybe you can babysit them sometime. Oh, well, let's take it one step at a time. Uh, taking over as a parent because of death is is a nice little responsibility. Babysitting is sort of... How much are you going to offer me? Is really... Yes. I'd have to check my bank account. I mean, you'll have to check your pockets because I, I, this whatever this is, is, it's the same outfit you've worn for the past year. I only have... A dress. That's <laughs> You're like I have. I have one extra piece of clothing, please. <laughs> well, in all seriousness, if you are fighting a devil, what is your? does your heart tell you about your friends? It tells me they're going to help me and make sure there's no way that I die. Good. A lesson I learned in life. Because when you don't allow someone to help you, or you don't see when the people who are most important to you don't receive your help, you can lose them in more ways than one. There are many things I regret with my sister. But I think the chief one among them is the idea that I will never understand I will never know how never know how to be there for them again.
because I don't want to. Because they won't believe it. And that's not on you. It's not anything to fix. <laughs> I'm blessed with a long life. Perhaps she and I will fix something at some point. But the point is... Working together is about understanding and listening and knowing that there are things that you don't know and there are things that you do. Trust them in things that you don't and trust that they were there to make it better. I am sorry. This is hard to be nice. But I want to be nice to you. Because you see them kind of like look down the stairs for a second. You're one of my only friends too. And one of them is a badger and he's not that nice. Oh my god. Is it the is he a bronze wolf? What? No. He lives oh, down the okay. street. His name is Terry, and he's oh. the worst. Okay, sorry. But God, he sorry. makes a really good <laughs> stew, and I can't live without it. He's a very yeah. interesting creature. You must talk to him sometime. He used to be a dwarf. He got turned into a badger. It's a long story, and it's a very entertaining one. But the point is, yes, I will help you. Thank you. Sorry, it was Miles' um, reaction. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, as for the sister thing, as someone who cannot speak to their sibling anymore, it's never too late to try. And I know that's scary, and I'm not saying it has to be done right away. But if I had the chance to talk to my brother again, I would. I just don't have the right outfit. I have a feeling that she will love you no matter what you're wearing, even if you're wearing this. Because she's seen me do this for a very long time and she still talks to me. <laughs> Would you like to get some stew? And yeah. <laughs> they step they step up and uh, they take you to Terry the Badgers. And from there we skip over to Nameless, who has now had enough time to <laughs> deliberate what her thoughts were, I assume. I uh, will find out. Because <laughs> I have like four ideas and I'm just like, what is the most logical? But here we go. Um, so the first thing that I want to do is I want to go to the mirror. Mm -hmm. Cheese. Okay. Oh, Produce cheese. <laughs> Produce cheese. 
Yeah. I bring out some cheese. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I say... Oh my god, why am I so bad at these rhymes? I'd like to speak to Talia at this times. <laughs> oh, that was, that was the, that was the thing. I'm, why am I bad at these rhymes? I'd like to speak to Talia in these oh. times. Was the rhyme. Oh. Gotcha. Please? No, no, I... Oh. You, you did it. You, you got it. Um, as the little slot comes out, as you press the cheese in... There's a second time that it slots out, and there's this little tiny note. It's like almost. It's so. It's so small. It's so small. You have to like. You have to like magnifying glass to even read it. And it just says, "Thank you for the cheese. Thank you for all of the cheese that you've given me over these uh, uh, past few months." Just a note. I do like things other than cheese. <laughs> this is not an admonition. Uh, uh, you know, this is not admonishing your your cheese giving. More to say, I, I I do have simple tastes, but there is more than it. Like goes onto the back. He's like, you know, and and furthermore, just so you know, the rhyming thing, while fun, <laughs> is actually not necessary to uh, power the machine. It really is just uh, I like rhymes. So if you don't feel comfortable doing it, um, you can just tell me a name, and we'll see if we can get it done. <laughs> As the mirror, uh, so you're trying to talk to. According to the appendix, which I have been perusing for the last like twenty minutes, she, she the cleric for the droplets of saloon. Ah, uh, Talia. Yes, yes, yes. She yes. was. She was the cat person. She was the tabaxi. Yeah, she's the bad tabaxi. Yeah. Yep. I was just making sure that like that was who you were meaning. That's what I'm trying. As the, as the mirror sort of, you see the, the sort of darkened fur with, with very, very small highlights, uh, you know, kind of like a, a she's, she's close to a Tory, so she kind of looks like Sally in, in some ways, but just like, there's I'm more, there's close more. She's 40. Let's <laughs> <laughs> push him 40. And, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's how she looks. <laughs> but, um, as it opens, she's, uh, she seems to be currently, um, on a, like, in a, in a seat on a wagon, and she is, like, woken up by your call. Hello. Hello. Hi. Um. Um, good morning. Or at night. I don't know what time it is wherever you are. Um, oh, it's I... just becoming dusk. Okay. Good dusk. I was curious if you could answer a few questions for me. Because we helped you. And maybe you remember the person who was kind of hiding their face from you the whole time, said Lolly. This is not the first time I have been summoned in this way. So, yes, I would happily help you. Thank you. Well, Sir Lolly, 
well, we all have to deal with the devil. And if I remember correctly, you're a cleric. And I, I was curious how I could talk to, I don't know if I can, but an angel. Well, that is difficult. The gods themselves, much like Saloon, aren't entirely vocal. They choose their ways carefully. And in your case, speaking to a lesser celestial, I'm not certain if they would have the power to do so outside of conjuring one. So... Actually, that was my next question. How do I do that? <laughs> I can conjure the fae, and I can conjure animals, and I can conjure the elementals. Uh, so I can conjure a lot of things. But unfortunately, I cannot conjure those. I, even in my experience, I have only read of the operations to which you speak of. I am not practiced enough in the in the in magic to be able to do something like this. I would imagine someone of great skill would have a better opportunity, but what I know is it's a similar it's similar to trying to connect in much the same way that we are here. I would doubt that you would be able to use this to do so, but whatever method you're using to contact me now, I doubt you'd be able to bless you, but it's along a similar principle. So if I make a rhyme to them, they'll come? I have no clue. That might work for a a person. I'm not certain how you called me. We have a mirror. But let's say I have a room that sometimes people talk to gods in. Do you think does it have to be someone who's really like, good with the gods? To... I don't suppose. I don't know it's... much about them. I don't suppose it is necessarily, but uh, I, again, theoretically the power with which it is to communicate between the outer planes and here is immense, and a lesser celestial that's not a god, if they are to communicate, they would speak through that power. They wouldn't be able to do it just themselves. I'm sorry if this is not helpful. It's just as much as I know of the of the uh, of the outer planes and, and speak. Saloon herself has only spoken to me through dream. It's how we move from place to place. She divines our next location and I follow suit. Uh, 
okay. I suppose your my question to you is is your seeking are you seeking a conversation or are you seeking guidance? Well, in an ideal world I'd have someone fight with me. But I guess currently I just would like a conversation. In that would speak to I I haven't heard of such a thing I've heard of communing with the gods and spirits so perhaps there's a variation of that that could commune with lesser celestials but I don't know and do you think if I had an elk celestial they would help me <laughs> I would hope if they were any sort of friend to you. And your friends. Okay. This was not very much help, but thank you for taking my call. Thank you for waking me up. You're welcome. Good night. Let's... Sure. <laughs> I don't know what time they go to sleep. We don't go to sleep in normal time. Then another relationship. Um, you <laughs> <laughs> we ruined. How dare you? <laughs> I am charismatic. Okay, so then if then I have another question that I genuinely try to research. Yeah. What is the? Oh my gosh. What? First of all, is the phase of the moon, and then okay. secondly, what uh, astrology sign are we currently under? Okay, one moment. <laughs> These guys got these like this like secret astrology chat like going on all the time now. <laughs> I'm just maybe they're more communicative during the times, you know. That's a good point. Maybe right. maybe during certain times of like the, the the stars, like certain gods are easier to reach or something. Um. So currently, the moon is in its uh, it's in the uh, the the waning phase. Both of them? Are they they wane at the same time? I assume. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're not far away from each other, right? Like. The the second moon is smaller than the first, but like they 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 share a similar axis. Okay, so okay. That mm, so for the purposes so for the purposes of this magic item, consider that they they you know, it's the you're taking the effect of the quote-unquote the bigger moon that's kind of how i'm working it is that like when that is waning that's when that effect is is happening to you oh no it's because i was looking at the astrology thing and it says that there was the full the double full moon so i was hoping that maybe that's what was happening but okay um and then what was the astrology sign uh let's see you guys are in have to open up the Calendar. Star chart. <clears throat> oh, also to your question from 
Oh my god, almost at one o'clock. I didn't see these, I'm so sorry. Oh, it's fine. This is what, I mean, I went and did it anyways. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, the answer to that question in particular was like, yeah, you would. Oh, uh, well, I would just talk to him then, but oh well. Uh, so, he's currently in, of course, the end of... Oh wow! Now you guys are, these are in summer. That's right. And oh, oh, <laughs> that's not what no, I wanted. No, I was hoping. Uh, yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> but what is continue? Thank you. I will. Uh, currently, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> uh, you guys would be under the. You guys are under what looks like the Epidus sign. Okay. The mark of the coin. Okay. Shoot, I know nothing about that person. Okay. Poop. Alright, well that didn't do me good. Thank you for that. Um, I guess then this is just like day one or is this like everything we're doing over the course of the This is kind of like you, you, you guys have more of a loose time schedule because one of you has to do a, a task, but like this is your week. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cause then I will, what I'd want to do during the rest of the week is kind of just research more about like anyone about angels, about, um, any like maybe like fallen angels who maybe they like live on the material plane i don't know if that's the thing that exists um and then i also want to research more about palos quill and what the heck they are now where they should be well i mean they can't um, be there but like they shouldn't be there they should be in that city with the big bomb thing that went off tank Go ahead and roll me two different investigation checks. These will basically... Oui. I'd say, depending on these, this is going to tell you how much time it took you, but also how successful you are. Okay. Unfortunately, I did. <laughs> Apparently lose my shit, but... Okay. Investigation number one is a 14. Okay. Investigation number two is a 20. Natural? No. I just was gonna leave that part out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, on your first investigation against the angels, demons, you know, fallen angels, that kind of stuff, in your library in the mansion, there are there are books against the extraplanar sort of creatures and extraplanar um, travel and that kind of stuff. Um... 
And you find out a little bit more about that. Okay. Sort of saying, like, yeah, travel is is pretty... Even to the elemental planes is pretty restricted. Um, it's it, it's fairly difficult to, to do. Um, interestingly, this book is written by Dracarius, by the way. Um, you do find that, like, he does kind of talk about, like, the nature of what it takes to split the dimension into those into other planes and sort of like the power output that's necessary and it theorizes that you would have to have a sufficient power source something that would generate a constant field to be able to actually do so in any competent manner. Like, astral projection? Not, like, this form of astral projection, but, like, Sabrina astral projection, where it's, like, I'm here, but I project myself to their plane, or, like, I'm actually physically traveling to their plane? Physically traveling. That's what he's theorizing. It's, like, to physically travel to a different plane, it would take an, it would take an amount of energy that would be uh, uh, pretty excessive. Or it would be a hot... And, like, he, he's, he, he's saying that, like... He's able to do. He's able to project, and that even that though is a high level form of magic. To be able to separate that kind of stuff is very, very difficult, and it's also very dangerous. So, a lot of that, in regards to explainer creatures, he kind of talks about how the you know the makeup of the outer planes is more of a, a makeup of energy. Even those that ascend to godhood. The reason that they leave their mortality behind is because they become a part of existing. They just exist as this thing now. They're not tethered to a biological standard. They're not tied to matter in the same way. But what that also means is they are more susceptible to... Um, it's why the theory goes that, like, yeah, you have to kill a devil on its home plane or uh, celestial or anything on its home plane because unless you do it just transfers itself back there it just goes back to this land that it was from and it has once it hits the material plane it's a it's just a, a vessel at that point it's an avatar of them so in terms of communicating or or the like he 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 speaks on it, and it's it's more of a dismissive. Like, why would you even want to talk to these creatures? They don't care about us. They don't they don't have any thoughts on us other than, you know, how do we serve them? How do we serve their wars? There's a line in there. Angels or the devils? Both. Just saying extra. Pla it's saying extra planar creatures. What do they care for us on the material plane? And there's a line in there that even talks about it. it's like even, even the great king. The, uh, sorry, the, the even the platinum king does not think of mortal life in any sort of glowing praise. It's, it's. It's a it's a position of protection and wanting to cultivate, but it's still selfish. And there's this ending theory that it's just sort of like, no matter what, 
they have achieved and become. First and foremost, they are still people. And people have agendas. And that's kind of the best you have. Um, you don't get any, like, theories or, or speculations of, like, how to just, like, commune. It's more just that. Um, and for your second question, which was... Uh, oh my god, why did I just blank on it? Remind me again, you were asking about... Like, why Halosh... Halosh? Halosh Quill Yeah. You have to leave the mansion for this, and you have to go to Sestead to basically find any sort of account of, of foreign uh, material. And um, there are a few passages that you've read on, like, other countries' uh, uh, royalty, or nobility at least, people of higher positions. And currently, Pelos Quill is listed as the Viscount, Sorry, the Archduke of, of Dunmore. What the Archduke is in charge of, right? Uh, like, through this book, you're able to realize that, like, no, this person, if he is in the southeastern region of, of Jortinia, which is Dunmore, it's because it's his home. Not only is it his home, he owns the mine. He owns the surrounding land. He owns a huge swath of southern Jortenia. So if he was in Perona for that time, he was there because it was uh, an important deal or something like that, right? Like, you can fear, you can kind of work up the assumption that, like, whatever reason he was in Perona, it's not because he needed to stay there. It was because it was it was time-sensitive. His home is the southern east, southeastern region of Jortenia. His domain is the southeastern region of Jortenia. He's one of the richest people in Jortenia because of his mining operations. And doesn't say anything about him dying or nope. a tragic no mining of, accident happening? No. No. Uh, sorry. Uh, there's no tragic mining accident. There's nothing that's like... And he was supposed dead or anything. He did have an injury upon uh, one of the... Uh, 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 like, there is an account of uh, one of the mines uh, having sort of a... Uh, uh, not a leak, but like, not even an avalanche. Not like a cave-in or anything. It just... It was, it was a workplace thing that did cause some people to get hurt, including himself... But by the end of it, everything was fine. Notably, the dates kind of match up to when Dr. Quill was saying that he got a letter saying he died. Conspiracy. And as you come back from Sissed, you see Setlali and Moral eating stew? With a badger? Oh, hey. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, sorry, are, are there any badger. other... Are there any other... Um... 
No. I I can't think. Not that I feel like I can do right now. I feel like I need more information for everybody else. Sure. So, uh, the last thing that we will be doing before the break. Miles, do you want to go ahead and tell me your your rolls? We're rolling for arm. Yeah. Here comes the arm. Uh, you need four of these? Three. Here comes the arm. Three. Uh, I, I was assuming right. that They're you right. were, Yeah. Yeah, because uh, Vaughn can help me out. That is 25. Oh, this is without Flash of Genius, too, yeah? Uh, 18. Okay. Um, and then one more. Mm-hmm. And 23. Very nice. <clears throat> this is what I'm good at, so. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I rolled an 18. I get a plus 12. <laughs> uh, so, good to know. Good to know. Those are the rules. All right. With that, we will be taking our break. So, uh, we'll be back here in just a little bit. Uh, we'll, we'll come back fierce and strong to kind of cultivate all this information and make the next trek as the uh, I'll kind of tell you how the house has been doing as you guys have been doing all this work as well. So we'll see you here in a second. You've been listening to the Natural Ones podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Let's get back to the show. Four, three, two. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah, I like didn't a... think I started my recording for a second. I forgot doing it. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, no. Like a heart, heart palpitation. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to The Natural Ones. We are here for our second half of uh, episode eight. Uh, it's always easier after the break because I we actually know what episode it is by that point. <laughs> I always know what episode it is. Um, I always, I know, always what know what episode it is. I would love to open you guys up to... <laughs> I don't know. I don't See know. what's inside. I mean, yes. Yes, I... Little did we yeah. know. That's what this whole campaign's been about, guys. Is this is the episode you down to your bare, to bare bones person and building you back up like peyote. So we're gonna open, <laughs> but physically, we're gonna. Oh, open I went to Silence up. of the Lambs. I'm there now. <laughs> you guys are all reconvening. Um, I'd say by this point, with all the activity you guys have done, it's the third day. Third day, uh, as a note to you, uh, uh, Liam and Sitlali, you have woken up with the same condition again. Um, you are able to dispel it, but it is continuing to happen. Um, yeah. I'd love to open you guys up to a breakfast of just kind of Champions. you guys reconvening. If you guys would like to have a discussion, if not, we can push forward with some other activities. I just wanted to give you guys the opportunity. Mother, I I have some, some some chatting that I thought of that I immediately forgot as soon as you said that. Doop um, doop doop doop. <clears throat> yeah, I uh, I also have some stuff to say. <clears throat> I believe the floor is open to you. Okay. Um, I have some good news and some bad news. Uh, both of it's actually speculative, so it's less news and more editorial. Um. So, uh, 
I, you know how it was weird to realize that the devil was already on our plane, and we were we were worried about oh now we'll have to you know well we beat it here and then we have to go beat it on its home plane. Um, I have reason to believe that this actually is its home plane. Um, that infernal steel that we we're supposed to go get to make the hell pike. It's, uh... It's not supposed to be here. On this plane. The devil's... The the heist, the first time that the heist was done, the original hell pike uh, was made to stop their plan of trying to get into this plane by using infernal steel to bind themselves to it. So... From my understanding, they have some way of making a body for themselves uh, out of out of that steel. So instead of them just putting uh, a, a, a vessel or some sort of abstract version of themselves in a different plane, they they make a new body and they're in that infernal steel body, and they're here with all their power. So this might mean the fight could be harder than we expected. However, if this is true, then that means if we beat them here, we beat them for good. Um, what happens to their other body? Uh, I think it doesn't exist anymore. I think they've... I think they've... I think they've given up that body to have a body here, more or less. Like a, a real permanent body. Um, so it's that not said, like the soul stone where it like traps their soul in there, but their body is... Uh, I'm not sure. All I know is that their plan was to be able to control more planes than just the hells. And so they needed a way to anchor themselves to those planes. So... If I'm right, and the Rulicon have been working with them to help them achieve this, then this devil that we're about to fight might be the first one that they've managed to do this with. Which just gives us even more reason to need to, uh, to get rid of it. That said, it also means it might not be a regular devil. Um, if it's made a body out of this steel, I don't know how that's going to affect it. Devils are already very hard to hurt. Um, it's possible this steel would make it harder. Also, the steel that, uh, that we're getting to make this weapon, its great advantage is that you don't need to kill something on its home plane with it in order to kill them for good. So, if we got the pike first, and we killed it with that, it wouldn't matter whether or not it's anchored to this plane. So if your first, even if your first hypothesis is wrong, if we kill it with the hell pike, that solves the issue both ways. Yes. However, the more I'm seeing <clears throat> these, uh, the more I'm seeing all these things align, the more I'm thinking that the reason the devil is there might be to stop 
people from getting into that mine. Hmm. It's, um... We know the Rulicon are connected to it somehow. I was also wondering why... The Rulicon are very rich and very powerful. But nobody can really say what they do to have their power or their influence. Nobody can really point to it. They, they also, fairly recently, did the heist. They've had a higher success rate than most people with the heist. Curiously, finding information about what happened on those heists is fairly difficult. It's not very detailed. I think they're working with the devils to have their power and wealth. Yes. Uh, I ended up speaking with Nerith a bit about the Underdark and the the main bit is we shouldn't we should probably not tell anyone what we are after. Okay. Apparently trying to get Infernal Steel is something that's going to cause trouble for us. So we might need to make up a false pretense for going into the Underdark and we might be on our own in terms of finding it. Well, especially considering that Infernal Steel isn't supposed to exist here. Anybody who knows what it is... Anybody in the Underdark who would know what it is is probably also in on whatever this plan is. Well, the Hellpikes know, apparently, that there is some on this plane. I don't know how they got that information, but the Hellpikes are aware, so who knows who else is aware? But yeah, he um, he keeps quiet about most things. What I'd imagine is he's been looking into the Rulicon quietly for quite some time. He's probably aware of this plan. After all, the progenitor of his clan is the one who discovered this plan in the first place. It also means that the Underdark might be threatened by this as well. If the devils are trying to make a, a place to operate out of here, and they choose the Underdark because it's out of the way, and they can build up forces in secret, that probably means the people who live in the Underdark are going to be threatened by them, if it gets much further. Uh, Nareth also suggested we at least start or try to start in a populated area of the Underdark because it's, uh, the non-populated areas can be tremendously dangerous. The populated ones can as well, but that's any big city. We're inherently going to not be trusted, likely, but it's a city. Whereas the Underdark is giant, world-spanning labyrinth of caves with, at times, horrifying monsters. So, do we uh, do we have any idea how to find a, a city at all? Or? Uh, Nerith seemed to believe that the entrance that we're thinking about using, it might be near... Was it Dwemer? No, that's the people. What was the city that he thought we, we might be entering near? Demir. 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 D-H-I-M-I-R. Demir. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Demir might be near where we are entering. Um... I don't know how that helps us, or if we don't really have a plan to get in, in, um, past customs or whatever. Well, and I don't know that, that a musical performance is going to get us through the gates on this one. Well, I also feel like, um, if this is all true, 
we might experience more resistance than uh, than expected. But first, we deal with the devil. I assume we're not going to be able to go very far in, if we can get in at all, without dealing with the devil. It's fair. I... I can't help but feeling like we'd be better off if we could find a way to get the weapon made before we fight the devil. I know I, putting it off is the last thing we want to do, but... I guess my concern is if we go in... <clears throat> dealing with... Dealing with both... Um, Dealing with both the things in the Underdark and the and the devil at the same time uh, seems like a lot. I don't know, though. We, we still don't even know exactly where the devil is. It might be that it's inside the Underdark. So... When I was a young girl thing... Um. <laughs> I'm done. Sorry, young girl thing was the was the choice. Um, there was a place by my a mining town quarry kind of thing by where I grew up. Uh, they they reached the under dark there. Huh. Well, that seems like... And this is in southern Britannia? Yes. Well... Hmm. That seems like a good place to start. Are we... I would prefer <laughs> to not go there, though, if possible, because... Well... You know, memories, but if we have to... Well, um, maybe we keep following the trail of this devil, and we see if that's where it ends up taking us. If it ends up taking us somewhere else, then it might be a different mine altogether. But I'd wager that this devil is going to be around the mine that we need to go to. Well, oh, you can't just mine the stuff as far all as the time, anywhere? No. This, this steel that we're going for, it isn't supposed to exist on this plane. So, it's, it's part of the Devil's plan to be able to invade the Material Plane, basically. So, wherever this Devil is, I'm pretty sure the Devil is supposed to be guarding where they actually have the steel. So... You don't think, like, we could go through a different end, if that's the case? <laughs> we, we could try to go in a different way and go through the Underdark to find it, but it would be very the underdark, difficult. Yeah, entrances to the Underdark are relatively hidden, uh, kept secret. They don't want it very publicly known. Also, the Underdark itself is very difficult to navigate. It's a um, giant network of mazes. You could walk from one end of the world to the other in them, if you knew the right way, but that's just millions of branching paths to get lost, ambushed. Especially if there's a devil down there. I, well, I mean, we could go try the one. I think they're probably the same, but, uh... 
I know the one. I don't know it. Like, I didn't go there, but I know of it. Hmm. It's how I learned to speak under common. You can speak under common? I'm pretty fluent in it, yeah. Um, that'll be very useful, actually. Well, you have the, the Google Translate down there. What? <laughs> I, couldn't, I forgot what the other translator was, and I just called it Google. But um, um, I'm I, referring to Set Lolly. Oh, okay. I think I, I might. I might also have comprehend. Speak language. that though. <laughs> you can't. No. Undercommon is a very specific language. Well, I mean, just. Double check your abilities at Lolly. Not yet. Is that next That's, level? It's 13th level. Okay. <laughs> I wish it was this level. Well, My goodness. If you can point on a map to where this is, uh, maybe we can see if Set Lolly's feeling the devil around the same area. Okay. Do, it. Do you have a map? We have one in the engine room. I don't really... Can we have a paper one, perhaps? Yeah, I'm sure we have a paper map somewhere in the library. Probably a lot. Yes, there I'd are. Like... There's an atlas. <laughs> <laughs> I assume I can do that, so I do it. Well, you, you have an excellent, excellent memory for geography. Memory for geography. <laughs> I don't... I probably... Honestly, I probably can't get lost in the other dark because I have such exceptional memory for geography. Right. Um, but that's, that's okay, that's you know. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's been a while since you've thought about this location. Yeah, that's why I'm not sure if I, I can generally it's do not, it. Yeah, it's not, it, you can get around the area. You're like, I know it is here. Like, and you would gauge probably about a five mile radius of, of knowing about this area. Um, you know, your village wasn't that large, um, but it was sizable enough to be like a town, right? Like it, it was, it was starting to be something. Um, so it, and, and the quarry wasn't far from that. So that's kind of why you're like, it's, it would be around this direction. This is just because I would like to know on the map is it more like where like the little river goes in or the ocean goes in or is it more like the inlet kind of thing or is it like the middle bar because I, I'm not seeing it on the appendix so I wasn't sure if there was like a body of water or anything nearby that would help me know that right I didn't put it on the appendix Correct. Because of... Secret! Uh, uh, but, um... <laughs> yeah, it would be closer to... So... It's closer to, like... This side. Like right oh, so it is by, like, the water area. Yeah, okay. it's still close to the water. Um, okay. It's, it's still inland of it, but it's, it's close. Cool, cool, cool. 
So I point there. It's around here. Alright. Um, let's see if that's where the... Let's see if it feels like where the devil is. Vaguely direction-wise. I... I try again? Or do I... You, you don't feel a constant tether, so you would have to try again to concentrate and and uh, figure that out. Alright, I try again. Go and give me a wisdom ability check. Oh god. Yay! That's a good number. 21. 21. Relaxing, feeling the energy around you. You feel your friends right next to you, and you feel the pulse going towards... The south, south. This has been a couple of days since you guys have started your journey. The house has moved through forests and meadows and some rolling hills, but most of Jortania is a kind of wetland, um, but uh, not like marshland, but just sort of, it is a much greener sort of landscape than others. And uh, as you guys have been moving southward, you're getting into more uh, humid territories. And so you're getting a lot more like cypresses and that kind of stuff. And as you push through, it does feel, you can't get like a ping, like a precise ping, but you can feel it strongly where you would put that marking, somewhere close to that. And I relay that to the group. Can you go ahead and meet me in Constitution Saving Throw? Plus four. Plus four, I'm right there. Then plus four. 23. Okay. You feel the, the tether drop. I hate doing this. <laughs> Does it seem... It doesn't seem right. Yeah, it does. Mm, Alright. Well. Sure does seem like a lot of things coming together. You said this thing's body's made out of? Infernal steel? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know what that... The plan was to use the steel to... Create a create a body that would anchor them on this plane. If we can kill it, might solve another one of our problems. We may be able to just use the steel from its body. S salvage from its body. Obviously, who knows what... Who knows if it'll work out, but it's a possibility at least. Yeah. I still wouldn't want to leave the other steel down there, just because that means you might deal with another devil. Yeah, but... Um, Ah, uh, yeah. But it'd be maybe easier to uh, get down there once we have the uh, weapon. This stuff is hard enough that it needs to needs my hammers to break it. Means we might need I. We'll need specialty equipment to try and remove it potentially. I'm assuming that's why <clears throat> they. Uh, I'm assuming that's why they haven't gone further with their plan yet. Um, yeah. 
the story goes that they they needed Eliana's help in order to even make the first help hike. It's possible they don't have the knowledge or the tools to be able to actually make these weapons. But it seems they figured out how to use it to make a body. Unless I'm wrong. Which Boy. has happened before. Just realized I only get eight uses of my spell storing wand. Wow. <sighs> no, it, it got it dropped down per from day. ten. Dropped down from ten to eight. <laughs> Like I'm not even an artificer anymore. <laughs> um, uh, as far as plans go, um, I'm uh, I'm gonna be able to occupy it for quite a while. I think we just need to hit it as hard as we can, as quickly as we can. The less we let it do, the more likely we come out on top. If its body's this steel and my hammers can damage the steel, that's something. But it being a devil, I think our best, our most effective physical weapon our, is probably Setlali's sword. Generally speaking, uh, radiant damage is good. Yeah. Um, that's a Setlali specialty there. It's why I think I'll be okay for the most part as well. I'm also able to call on ROI's assistance to give me an edge in the fight. So I'll try to lock it down, stop it from coming after you directly, but odds are it's still going to be able to cast some spells or do some other things at range, so we'll need to uh, be careful. Also, uh, this this thing is pretty good. And I hold up the, the, the pick that I got from, from, from Hellpike. I've been uh, messing around with it, and it's uh, it's nice. Uh, I can I can uh, hang hang on a second. I'm just gonna. Where are we right now? Are we in the library? Yeah, most likely. All right, I'm gonna. Is there a window? You could go up to the training room. No, oh, but I don't want to like leave the. I don't want to like take everybody. Is there a window in the library? Yes. I'm just gonna like through the window, just uh, bad, just like Eldritch blast out the window. <laughs> it's from the actual like ha uh, the pickaxe itself. Oh yeah, that yeah. So I'm just, gonna... <laughs> just like Eldritch blast out the window, like two uh, force blasts exude from the pickaxe. I hope the window was open. Um, it wasn't. Oh. No. Well. <laughs> it was open. Oh, I genuinely wasn't thinking it was. I thought it was like a stained glass window, and I was like, that sucks. <laughs> Just like a really nice, like, ornate window. Um, I was like, oh. uh, So I can, that'll be helpful. Outside of that, I think finding out who might be working with the Rulicon to run this mine. Well, I know that Halo's Quill, I did research on him, and he owns a lot of mines and a lot of Jartania down there. Well, well a lot of the down... I can't fix it. The down under. <laughs> didn't you... Yeah. <laughs> didn't you see him with, um, with Arwen? I didn't. But yeah. Oh, it wasn't shared information. You technically haven't asked in character, so I'm just oh. answering in character. I didn't. Okay, I'm not gonna. 
Right, that's not that's not information we actually know. Never mind that. No, it I is. I thought we did. Yeah, I thought you, you did. You didn't ask. I'm just saying you Jesus. haven't asked in character. So oh. I was like, I'm answering in character. <laughs> oh, I thought I was doing the voice. What? Oh, it sounded like that to me. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. I'm just really bad at the voice. I don't have a very deep nope. voice. Um, Which is really funny in context of Philip doing his other voice. <laughs> it's, like, yeah, it's, it's, like... it's, how it's how I'm trying to justify it. Um, it was... Kalanth told me. And Palos Quill is supposed to be dead. Well, only one person thinks they're dead. Their family. But other than that, I mean, I looked it up and there was no record of, of Palos dying, so I don't know. Let's... I feel like it would have been a moderately big story. Like, you know, maybe a procession, headlines, pictures, art. Mm -hmm. It's definitely shady. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they were connected to all this. Which would mean that Arwen's possibly connected to all this, too. I would not put it past her. I mean, we've seen her try to start wars on both continents now. She didn't just try. She succeeded in one case, yeah. What does she want? I don't even know who she is anymore. Hmm. Do we have anything else, or should we get back to work? Um, not that I uh, don't mind using two of my spells on you guys, but do you have any idea when that's going to end? My current guess is it's based on how many questions we asked. That seems to be important. The two theories I have in my head are either the the strength of the effect being put on us was it was based on the number of spells or number of questions or the amount of time it'll be is based on the number of questions. Uh, I'm hoping it's the latter. But um, there's not really I even thought of a good way to test it other than wait until the third or fourth day. I don't remember how many questions I asked. Five. Great. Love that. <clears throat> um, I would like to have my spells, but obviously we need your hammers. Sorry. Um, Set Lolly, when you become not Set Lolly looking anymore... Do you have all of your other... Can you still fight? Have you tried? Yeah, I would say just let me stay the same until we figure it out. Well, do you know how it that only affects your looks? Because it literally makes Liam pretty... Uh... Uh, it makes me a tiny less powerful, but not, it, it can't really affect any of my monk abilities. Do we know if it... That stayed? I know of. Do we know if it's going to stay permanent if we leave it alone? We no. know very, very little. And I can't go ask the stone because then I will owe it something. So, All right. um, yeah, just don't, don't worry about me for a bit. Um, cause I'll be fine. Hopefully. 
I mean, I can do it while we're traveling. I have no great need for spells, but I feel like maybe having some higher magic when we go to fight a devil might be helpful. Oh, so I, I can do it until we get there. Which, how far away are we? How far? How is the house doing? It's oh, probably, uh, probably a couple days. <laughs> yeah, still a few days. Still a few days travel. Oh, I thought you said you were going to talk about the house. I was trying to segue for you. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I talked about the house. I talked about how it moved through the meadows and how it's, it's, it's been uh, journeying southward. It has, um, it's a little bit of a precarious journey because you guys are having to, as it moves. And you guys kind of look out, or Yvonne's on lookout, or any of the kids are on lookout. You guys have to do your best to avoid towns along the road. And so there are moments where, like, you've had to, like, kind of snake around a mountain or a hillside. Um, you're not certain because of this southward journey how subtle you're being. Not to say that you guys, I'm, I'm, I'm of the mind that you guys aren't trying, as, as usual, you guys aren't trying to be seen. But unfortunately, as you drift southward, you're trying to keep towards forests and, and, and larger structures that could help you hide the house. But you're finding less towards the middle of Jortenia. So it's like... Around this time, you're, you're having less spots to hide in, so it's much more about, like, we just got to keep chugging our way quicker uh, as the house kind of, like, powers through and moves through the wetlands and the meadows and the, the more uh, rolling hills or open fields of Jartan. Well, you've got an arm to work on. I've gotten the plans by now, yeah? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, is there anything I can uh, help <clears throat> with with that, or...? You know, uh, I'm gonna hold something, or should be all right. Just um, don't go losing any more of it, and um, should all fit, fit, fit all right. Work great. All right. Well, I guess I'll be over here. Did uh, people have something that they wanted to do outside of the arm? Uh, no, actually, the conversation kind of undid the thing I was planning on doing. Okay, good. All right. So, uh, as... Oh, sorry, nameless. Sorry, I didn't see your hand. The mic was in the way. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I want to try to do Remembrance on Arwen and Payless Quill meeting. Huh. Okay. Give me one moment. You want a moment to uh, figure out <laughs> what that scene was. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. Okay. So as you, as you sit and sort of concentrate on uh, pushing forward this like chronomantic energy, this gravitational divide into the past, you come into a moment, observation, there is a desk. Sitting on one side of it is Arwen. She looks the same, but gone is any sort of like druid garb, and in its place is a kind of well-kept, noble attire. 
you would see that as as such anyway. You would see it as a sort of noble heir. On the opposite side sits a wood elf, very similar in appearance to Doctor Quill, uh, but only in that way that, like, yeah, sometimes families share traits. No distinct markers or anything like, oh, that looks exactly the same. It's like, no, it's just, you can kind of tell hints of a raised eyebrow that you saw him do. And it's like, oh yeah, that's very similar. And as he sits there and he's kind of leaning forward on his desk, uh, he speaks to, to Arwen saying, well, I have to say that it's interesting to see well I mean I've never heard of your family so it's just it's odd <laughs> to see someone I don't know at this side of the table you say that you have a proposition and she begins yes yes indeed I do you see you may not know of me but I have read extensively of your family and, well, of its end goals, of its uh, sort of dreams, as you might say. And in that, I have seen, let me be blunt, you're hemorrhaging money. <laughs> Listen, I don't talk about that. No. Pretense aside, you're hemorrhaging money, and I would like to provide a solution. He sort of pauses. Solution, then. Yes, yes, a solution. A way to ease yourself. to alleviate any burden amongst yourself. Uh-huh. Seems as though this idea is, um, well, to be frank, people who talk plainly seem to have better motives, and those who talk subtly are the ones who have the most to hide and seem to want. Not what's best for people, but what's best for themselves. <laughs> Isn't that what you would like in this entire moment? To not think of someone else? To think of now? What is this proposition? There is a mine of yours, isn't there? You have several, but none are actually working properly. You sent word to Rakia, <laughs> assuming the dwarves will do something. The gnomes have some hidden knowledge for you. But unfortunately for them, 
you already have everything you need. And it could work to your benefit to partner with them for sure. But you could be in control. You see, hidden in the Dunmore Quarry, you know, that one, that smaller one, right near Reef Family. There's material there worth thousands. You can't see it because you can't. You just can't. You don't have the practiced hands of working in the earth. Or proper connections. I have those proper connections. We could make you rich. My contact and I. You seem... What do you need to, and what would I need to do to meet this contact? A very simple thing. All I need all I need is a day's worth of access to that mine And if something were to happen, some form of tragedy to the surrounding area, your compliance in its accidental nature, as well as any amount of brushing under the rug, if you may. As he sits there contemplating is where the memory fades and you come back into yourself the rest of you kind of notice the the sort of intake of breath almost as if she's been holding her breath for the past two minutes you uh you all right Um, I think I'd like some water and, um, create food and water. <laughs> I prepared that today. Create food you and water. It. Yeah. <laughs> I drink the water, like all of it. You throw the food away. <laughs> <laughs> well, she brings the, she brings the food on a very tiny plate. <laughs> I take it to the the mouse <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah. He's like, oh my god! <laughs> oh, so I, uh, I can't eat this in the time it's going to go bad. So. <laughs> <laughs> Call some friends over. Have a have a party. Um, I. Uh... He's got a version of the door, but it's a mouse door. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I um. I decided to. Take a look back at Arwen and Palos' meeting. Um, 
it seems she was given access to the mines for a day and able to I don't know when it happened I guess but uh, she might have set herself up or something I don't know if you all know but uh, my, my village was set a fire I don't know maybe this is when that happened she kind of made it so she could do that but she introduced him to the um, the metal the, the devil metal he didn't know it was there beforehand I, I apologize if I'm being obtuse. It just occurred to me now this tragedy we've heard around Pelos, Halos. Was that around the time uh, of, of what happened to your village? Is that what this tragedy could be referring to? Chelsea doesn't know the answer to that. No, no. It, you, your yours would have been years ago, years before what uh, Doctor Quill would have known. Okay, I was referring to. Yeah. Okay, I was like, I was like, I had to put that together. Uh, no, mine was sooner, earlier. I was younger. Right. Do you know if Pelos owned that mine while while you lived there? I don't know. But I think so. From your findings, the mines have been in the Quill family for like years. Quill family, or like he specifically owned it. The Quill family, like it's, okay. it's a, yeah, it was a family mine. It's a family thing, and it's 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 something that, um, yeah, they've owned it. They've owned it for a very long time. She could have been setting this up for a while. It could it could be the. Burning the, vi burning the village might have been preparation for what she wanted to do in the mine. I don't think it was preparation. I think it was a happy coincidence. Either way, we know that she's at least somewhat behind this now. Uh, also, just to make sure she... The mine is is a mithril mine. I should have said the the word. That was what Arwen was referencing to Pelos Quill was oh. the mithril, not the uh, infernal um. steel. Just, oh. just, just to clarify, that was what she was talking about when she said it to Pelos. Was there's mithril in the in the mine? Yeah, oh, so he might not <clears throat> know. He still might not know. He, he might not know about the infernal steel. However, uh, we have been told that it is in the same place where they get the mithril. I mean, she was given a day. To uh, look around. 
She could have set that up. Whatever was required to create the link between the hells in here for the steel to to be that link. She could have been doing that then. Either way, it's got to be connected in some fashion, even if we can't figure out the exact way. It's too mm -hmm. coincidental. Well, look, if going into this mine is going to get Arwen coming after us. Two birds. It just makes one of our jobs easier. Three birds, one stone, metal. Three birds, one ore. The longer this goes on, uh, the more birds seem to be gathering in this one spot. So. I really don't like this. Uh, You're right. I'm sorry. I know you like birds. All right. Three corns on one cob. Because I hate corn. <laughs> I hate them. It's Get sweet, but they put it in mashed potatoes. <laughs> most of it, most of it isn't even edible. You can't even eat the cob. <laughs> mm. um, all right. Well, would this be? You know, do you think the arm is uh, nearing done? So, uh, more to the point of, uh, yeah, it's 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 sort of those things where it's like over the course of the next few days. You're having to, uh, s the most that you actually need Philip for is sizings. So you're trying to actually make the, um, attachment lock. Like, that actually, like, because he, because he got it down, like, the, from basically from here down, it has to, it has to properly attach here, which is semi-surgical on Philip. Um, because it has to actually attach to uh, nerve endings and bone structure, so like he has to be sedated, which takes a while, given his abilities. Um, it's like it's like tranquilizing a horse. Yeah, <laughs> a horse. It's tra tranquilizing a horse with magic I, blood. Yeah. If I had if I had my my old eye, he'd have been out. <laughs> um, Just use the new one on me. But oh, <laughs> roll the dice. <laughs> Uh, I still got to use it, but um, yeah. So that's that's what I would say is that it's like it's it's nearing completion. You uh, all of your checks have have made out like your material as you as you as finally as you got the material and the um, the actual schematics on top of that. You guys have been working kind of semi tirelessly uh, to speed through this a little bit more by. The third and the fourth day, Sitlali, Liam, you are still under the effects of these, uh, of this, like, transmutative effect. And during that time, Liam, not on the third night, but on the evening of the fourth, you wake up again to holding a... Uh, another, a third of those little it, it looks like, like like you would put, like again like you would put like a little sphere or like a ball inside of it, like it, it's just a little resting nook uh, and so you've made a third one now are those just sitting in our forge? You can or do, do I know you... where they are when I wake up? they're just there? They're, they, they, in... yeah, they're just, they just keep, yeah you could throw them away. You could do whatever you would like with them. I haven't heard you say anything, so I've assumed you've held on to them. Yeah. Okay. So that's up to you what you would like to do with them, but you've made a third. Okay. Um, 
on the on the morning of the fifth day, said Lolly, you find yourself yourself. There's no longer a transmutative, but my uh, but Liam, you do find that you are still phasing through, and have to be dispelled. Upon which, the morning of the sixth day, you are no longer. You like reach out from the metal handle, and you hold on to it. <sighs> we're good. We're good, folks. We're home. All right. <laughs> During this time. The, the the actual inner workings of the arm are um, based on your roles. Like it's it's a lot of like the most difficult day on the eighteen was uh, the spool of cable mixing with the gas pressure release of the wrist. It's a lot to put into a small, uh, like arguably the longest part of your arm, but it is still a lot to put into one place. And you kind of have this genius idea of having the compressed air kind of, it, it, it's got a, it, the spool itself has to uh, work around the other parts. And so what it does is it gives it a sort of, um, it, the way you've actually spooled it, it's given it a way to not, to be very hard to like kink up in the machine. And um, on the retraction of the cable, was where it was giving you trouble. Was that it's like, how do we then get it to come back into that same formation? Um, but you were able to just barely, you made it work. It was kind of like a surge of 3 a.m. genius. You just kind of like, and um, by the end of the third day of work, you've uh, placed it and attached it to uh, Philip's support. Right there, right here. Um, and it is now uh, essentially the preliminary test of functionality. Tyler. Oh, you get it. Yeah. All right, Philip, uh, if you want to come with me real quick. Uh, yeah. Here, head this way. I'm going to start leading Philip. Uh, upstairs past the uh, the rooms and such as you move your way up into the mansion uh you you pass the the, the main rooms you pass the the library the head up to the training room and as you guys step out onto the sand pit and the elevator uh, the stairs elevator the stairs meld down to the floor again uh liam kind of just points over and these varying heights of pillars these sort of like five foot structures kind of dot the entire landscape of the sand pit some of them are at, at, at you know at like 20 feet high some at 10 feet high there's one at 50 there's another at 35 all kind of spread out around let's give her a go um by give her a go, you mean, uh... I mean, we have a lot of things we should be testing out to make sure everything's fully functioning. First, I think, uh, you know, some basic tests of the... the launch and retract of the arm. Uh, yeah. I'll just point it at, um... nothing, real quick. <laughs> just point it at, like, the far wall, and it... in this gas-powered sort of explosion... 
an explosion. Sorry. Jesus. <laughs> an explosion. I just mean like force forward. Expulsion. I don't know what the expulsion. Thank yeah. you. That was what I was trying to say. Uh, as the as the sort of carbon steel cable kind of like whipping back and forth as it's extending all the way forward. It doesn't find any purchase as it is just kind of shooting straight forward towards the far end of the wall, and it it eventually lands. After it shoots out about 20 to 22 feet, it starts to fall down to the ground as the length of rope is, uh, 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 is at its end. And once it hits the end, you do feel this little, like, it's kind of pushed forward in a lock position as it's at, at its max length and it just kind of is still sitting there um it's yeah it's like it doesn't no if you just um uh, is it do, do I think it do I push something oh, uh how do I get it back <laughs> yeah uh the uh so the, the the lever's actually hooked to um the uh, extension of your elbow. If you straighten your elbow out all the way, it'll hit the lever that makes it retract. Oh. All right. Um, you feel this, like, almost slightly more attuned dexterity in your fingers? It's, it's so much more mechanically exact that there are times where you can feel that it's not natural. That it's, it, you know, it's not your 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 fleshy parts. But it is it is something where it's like, it, it feels as normal as your other arm. It's going to take some getting used to, but... We know the, uh, the grapple mechanism's working. Uh, there's one other thing we should try out. Uh, do you have your pick on you right now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna draw my hammers. Hammer mode. Uh, Hit me. Let's do this. <laughs> just. Oh. Um. Uh. Uh. <laughs> I don't want to. Okay, this is this is this is a pretty heavy. Uh, this is the this is the training room, Philip. We ain't used it once. Let's go. <laughs> Me and you. I've wanted to know for a while now. Let's do this. Oh. Should I roll initiative? All right. Should we roll initiative? <laughs> yeah, go. Okay, let's do it. Right. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Battle Royale. That's about what I usually get for initiative. Six. Oi. Uh, 16. Okay, so yep. it'll be Philip and then Liam. <laughs> Which makes sense. He told me to go. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh... <laughs> so you're you're moving up to him to try to like swing the arm and it's it's this thing where you're feeling the ease of like regardless of uh go ahead and roll me an attack roll. Yeah. Uh twelve. So it's one of those <laughs> things where you're 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 trying to hold back and you're just trying to like I don't really want to fight you, but um as you're bringing it in and Liam you kind of <laughs> Like bring your hammer back to uh, kind of catch the pick and push it the other way. As it impacts on the hammer, you're feeling from the... There's a different sort of shock absorption in your hand. At, like, like as it pulls down, there's kind of a... 
a lessening, and it feels like it's trying to ease the strain that would it would put on the joint of your elbow. Hmm. Uh, alright. Uh, second attack. Uh, 18. Total? Yeah. Yeah. Misses. 19 AC. Alright. Again, you're kind of like, a little bit of a dodge out of the way. It's like starting off just like, okay, alright, okay, that's not gonna hurt him. Alright, let's go a little harder. (laughs) Uh, uh, Liam, your turn. Uh, oh, sorry, you have bonus actions. All right, then I'll do the shield bash. Fifteen. <laughs> still, still no hit. You're just like, you're like, I don't know, I don't know. You're like, you're like not uh, even looking. Uh, Go ahead, Lee. <laughs> All right. Good. Uh, I'm going to go for a melee hit with the Thieves Mithril Hammer. Okay. Um, I'm also going to try and... Uh, do I have to hit before I can do this? Or do I use this spell? I want to force him back 10 feet. Yeah, you have to hit to be able to force. Okay, okay. so if I hit, I'll like, spend the, the, the point. All right. Um, what's that roll the hit button? It's in actions. Yes, yes. <laughs> Does 22 hit you? Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> awesome. Hit, expel back 10 feet. Is that a, and that's not a strength save or, or anything, right? That's just an expel? Yeah, just expel back 10 feet. One person within five feet. Okay. It just cost a point to do. All right. As he kind of strikes against your shield. Ooh. Um, <laughs> 12, 12 points of damage. You're, you're feeling it as, as it <laughs> slides against the sand. We're not going to get a solid test if you're swinging like that. <laughs> Toss my other hammer at him. <laughs> I'll step it back. Oh, yikes. 26. <laughs> so that hits. You did so good. This is great. Yeah, that hits. Uh, okay. Seven on this one. So it kind of just like, like hits you in the shoulder. Like the, 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 like you're trying to lift your shield up and it's just a little too slow. As you were trying to like catch yourself at the end, you're just not able to bring your shield back in as it kind of like hits you in the side of your chest and goes back to Liam's hand. All right, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna cast thunderous smite. Uh, but no, I'm, but, I'm gonna, but I'm gonna I'm gonna upcast it. Oh, you can't upcast it, huh? Why did I think thunderous smite could be upcast? Because your usual smite can be. I thought all the smites could. Oh well. Yeah. All right. Thunder. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna put thunderous smite on. And then just like, step in. It's like, all right. <laughs> and uh, uh, nineteen. Uh, meets. Yeah. What's is that? Goes if to your you match or exceed, you hit. All right. All right. So so thunderous. Save a shield. I'll save the shield. All right. Alright, so Thunderous Smite goes off, and then I'll also... And then I'll also Divine Smite at the, at, the thir- <laughs> at the third level. Okay. So how much damage is that? So that's going to be... Uh, so Divine Smite at third level, that's going to be 4d8 from that of Radiant. And uh-huh. then also the Improved Divine Smite gives me another of d8 I of Radiant I should have cast damage. Shield. Alright. <laughs> and then... Uh, and then it's 2d6 from the Thunderous Smite, and then a d8 from the regular hit. Can you do a Thunderous Smite and a Smite on top of that? The, yeah, the, the, the Smites of 
looked into it. The, 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 the smites, it's just, it's an effect that you put on your weapon that lasts for a minute until you hit something. It's a bonus action to cast it? It's a bonus action to cast it, and then it oh, stays okay, on so your weapon. So you use your bonus action to cast this thing to then make your attack. Cool. Yeah. Just make it sure. Cool. So All it's, right. it's 1d8 for the weapon. 1d8 weapon damage. 5d8. <laughs> it's an 8. It's Yeah. It's an okay. 8 on the, it's an 8 on the weapon die. Okay, and then 5d8 for five 5d8 five of bonus radiant rate. damage. Uh, three, ten, twenty-two bonus radiant damage. So thirty, and then right. the two d six thunder oh, smite. Oh, he still got one more. Two d six, two d six from thunder smite. Uh, so, so extra six thunder damage, and then plus and then four. plus four. Uh, so that's another ten added to what I got from this. So I think it's th- so, sorry, no thirty-six plus four is forty. Yeah, thirty-six plus four is is forty. And then I'm trying to think if there's anything... No, that's it. That's it. And then also because I hit him with Thunderous Smite, uh, a strength saving throw or be pushed 10 feet away and knocked prone. So go ahead and roll a strength saving throw, Miles, and take 40 points of damage. Oh, that's not... Alright, that's not strength. And I'll say you don't uh, get his plus four because you guys are currently enemies. <laughs> uh, 20, 21 for the saving throw? Yeah, yeah that, 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 that passes. Great. So it's take forty points of damage. So every, everybody else in the house hears the thunder ring out. Well, you also <coughs> you're hearing shoo. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 thunder that can be heard within three hundred feet. As uh, as Philip moves in, <laughs> and in one hit, just kind of Philip, what you feel as you do this as well. You're feeling like a whirring in your forearm. And there is a slight radiant glow. Uh. As it... And on the palm... Uh, sorry, not the palm. On the, uh, the backside of your hand. Liam, you know this as you put this here. Glows the symbol of ROI. Oh. And it just... <laughs> This big I was thundering... like, hey, it worked! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah! <laughs> As it basically obliterates part of the, the, the pillar that you guys are fighting right next to. Like, the sand just kind of, like, shifts out and then shifts back together as a solid object. And, uh, Liam, you're able to hold, hold the hit, but it's basically like you've put your hammers up to hold it, and it kind of strikes against the hammers, and it's one of those like knee buckling hits that like you've definitely just put out your back, <laughs> yep. like to try to like to try to you've like overextended, and so it's just really hurting. But um, as you pull your hand back, Philip, the the whirring kind of slows down, but you are still able to see that sort of like slight indentation it's not a it's it's more of a raised etching of the symbol of roi okay that's 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 cool i'm going again uh that was one attack yep uh jesus that's uh 22 22 uh shield (laughs) and so not wanting that to happen again liam has definitely erected a uh, uh, sort of shields plus five, right? Yes. Yeah, plus five, so twenty-four. Boom. All right. The next round. Yeah. 
Yeah, next next round. Well, basically until the you know the start of your turn, which is about to happen. Yeah. Uh, after that, I I I basically just call it for a moment and just say like, is there is there something that you're you're hoping to achieve through this? I mean, fighting. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he. We're testing out his new thing. I did want to test out my new toy as well. Cool. Then I will pose it to you, sir. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so it just shielded. Uh, back, uh... You're not, yeah, you're not pushed back, you're like just kind of, like, push down side, a yeah. little bit, like... Down, get a thing to the side, dip out of the way of the, uh, the next hit, and I'm just going, or I shield on that one, yeah, so yeah, I yeah. guess he hits me, and it magic, yeah. magic shield, I guess, comes up. I just reach up to the eye, flick the little switch, and the iris opens. Yeah! Let's play. <laughs> And anime, anime to be continued. Sign. No, I'm just kidding. No, yeah, you gotta do it. You gotta do it now. I cast Liam's Energy Transfer, also known as the Hammer Fist Shuffle. <laughs> All right, what uh, what does this do? So you are going to roll a saving throw for me. Okay, what um, uh, what kind? It is going to be a. I hope it's one that's um, so Constitution saving throw. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm probably oh, not gonna man. hit with this. Even with the, if it, even if it was 17. But. Yeah. I rolled a 20. Uh, yeah. So right. tw- 26 on the safe. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. It. Nothing happens. Damn it would have been a very anticlimactic. Uh, can I to be continued? You know what? No. Fail he fails. He fails his constitution <laughs> saving throw. He's not focused. I will. He's got to do it with disadvantage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Disadvantage. <laughs> 19. <laughs> Roll a 19. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> well. It's more of a crowd control spell anyway, but someday y'all will see what it does. Um, one person isn't a great example of its ability anyway, yeah. but still. But you should just roll a d6 for me anyway. So he can describe what doesn't work. <laughs> I Man, I wish I failed this. Then choose to fail it. Ooh. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that would have been a. That would have been a. Eh. Yeah, but it's cool. All right. As the conti- as the eye takes no effect, and Liam, you're like, and you guys sort of continue your fight. We won't say who wins and loses. We'll just leave that up <laughs> to imagination. Um, yeah, nobody wants to know that. How much HP do you have left after that one hit? 42. <laughs> I took out the cat. All right. <laughs> I yeah, want a battle royale. I, I was got, uh, my next strat cast blur because yikes, I can't <laughs> let you hit me. Um, well, it's the same fight that it was the same spell magic that you, you learned in Rudnick. You know, it's like, it's, it's like, yeah. All right. I'm a good crowd control. I may not be the best at. Listen, you only get better by practice. You know, I'm working on my strats. Keep trying to get him back. Also, you, know. you let the hit happen too. Like you're like, I shield do shield, and it would have prevented it. But I only have four. But yes. Yeah. All right. As the two of you begin your your training, we'll call it. Um, <laughs> Philip, he he's also uh, tasked you with sort of like, all right, after you guys end your fight, 
Uh, whichever way it lands, we won't talk about it. I was yeah, I was I was like, can I cast levitate and get on one of these pillars, bait him up here? But Ooh, sure. I don't know if I would have had time. Uh, it would have been or, interesting, but yeah. Um, so he's tasked you with kind of like try it out, and what you find is that it as it um, latches on to uh, uh, ledges and the like, it's able to pull you up, no problem. Uh, what you know as well, Miles, is that the cables themselves can withstand the the weight of about six hundred pounds. So it's one of those things where you're you're no effort kind of being pulled through. You kind of advise that like you shouldn't go to the maximum. That will probably tense the cable and it won't really retract correctly. Um, that's kind of the problem that you were having with your eighteen. Is that you're like this is going to be a factor to this design. Is that yeah. It's it's gonna be tough. I'm only full length. There is for emergency use only. Yeah, it might only because we might have to do some repairs before we can use it again after that. I'm only right. 170. So the so that's the nature of this arm is that there it is mechanical, so it does subject itself to uh, any spell like that's going to cause it harm or any effect like in weather or that kind of stuff. Uh, you've made it out of material that is resistant to to just, like, basic rain. So you're not, like... It's like stainless steel. You're not going to have to really, like, worry about that as much as as you are going to have to worry about uh, it is still mechanical. So things like if you're in the a frozen tundra for days or, you know, like, it's it's going to affect its mechanical abilities. It's as well as it's a gas-powered... It's a gas-powered expulsion. So that's another thing is that if you're working within... <laughs> Uh, a vacuum, it still could work because it's a contained, it's a contained uh, expulsion. But you know that has a lasting value. I didn't put charges on it or anything, but it is one of those things that like it does take time to like recharge. You can't like do it once and then do it right after. <clears throat> I have the, I have it here. I will send it to you. But thank you. As we, as we end tonight with this sort of beautiful tete-a-tete i hope you enjoyed our story today we will see you next week with the next installment as they run into the southern rotendia wilderness and all the machinations that come about thank you for watching hope you have a good night thank you for listening to the natural ones podcast if you want to see the beautiful faces behind these voices tune in on twitch wednesdays at 8 p.m eastern If you want to listen along while you're on your commute or doing dishes, that's when I listen to podcasts. You can catch us on Fridays at your podcatcher of choice.